0: everybody. What's up? My name is Joshua T. Berglund and welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed. We have an amazing guest today. I'm really excited about this show. Uh, lots of reasons why this is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do, uh, but I'm genuinely, genuinely excited about our next guest. Uh, I want to thank everyone watching on social media right now, but if you're watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, thank you for your support. We're growing and growing every day and it's so exciting. Uh, So we're so grateful for your support. But again, those watching on social media, we do appreciate you very much. Um, Wow, this has been an amazing week. And I just want to say that, you know, it's with all the crazy that's going on in the world. um, And I say this a lot. God's promises are true. God's promises are so real. And your dreams still get to come true. And I know there's a lot of uncertainty there. I know there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. And we're seeing supply Supplies being, you know, they're not the supplies on the shelves. It's now apparent that there's going to be shortages coming up, and there's a lot of other changes, and there's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of crazy, and there's a lot of confusion in the news, which we probably shouldn't be watching anyway. But nonetheless, God's promises are true, and I I swear to you, it's easier to believe when we listen to the other thing that Jesus said when he said to keep our eyes fixated on him. I don't know the exact verse. Doesn't matter. The point is, he said it. You can Google it if you don't believe me, or just pick up your Bible and see it. But God's promises for you are true. He created you for a reason, a very specific reason. It's up to you to accept that assignment. But when you step into that and you accept that assignment and you start to step into faith, this is where you get to see God work miracles in your life. So, with all that said, I am really, really excited to introduce our guest talking about stepping into a big purpose talking about taking a big bold step of faith. That's what our next guest is doing and we'll be back right after this. Attitude Unfiltered Remixed. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund. My lovely wife is over here painting. She may you come say I'm hi. Here. Huh? Oh. Say hi. Everyone say hi to my wife. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> I like it when she's down here with me. She's like my security blanket, keeps me from being nervous. Anyway, I'm so pumped about our guest. So I'm going to cut out all the small talk. He's doing something cool, but I want you to hear it from him um, because some of you are going to want to be a part of this. There is no doubt. Um, And uh, yeah, without further ado, I'm honored to welcome the one, the only, Mr. Tom Baker to Gratitude Unfiltered Remix. What's up, Tom, how you doing?
1: Hey, Joshua, how you doing?
0: I'm good, man, I'm good. I've uh, really enjoyed getting to know you more over this last week, and I'm absolutely honored to have you here at Gratitude Unfiltered Remix. First question before we get started on the interview. What are you grateful for today, man?
1: Well, to be honest with you, I'm grateful that uh, my mother's still with us. She's 85. She just turned 86 actually yesterday. She's got Parkinson's. It's getting a little bit uh, more aggressive. So uh, grateful that uh, she's still with us and still able to to be grateful to be on this earth. Um, so, you know, family is uh, the most important thing, especially when times are tough. And uh, she's She's been through a lot in the last year, too, with her health, So just remain grateful to God that she's still here with us and uh, still able to talk to her on the phone every other day or so.
0: I like to talk to my mama, too. Um, I'm, I'm a 42-year-old I'm a mama's boy and proud of it. Um, I wanna, well, since we're talking about moms, which what is your favorite memory of your mother, whether it's current or even as a child?
1: Oh, boy. Um Gosh, I don't know. There's so many. I'll give you one that's a favorite memory of both my parents. Um, yeah. But my mom told the story, and it'll tie into what we're, what we're talking about today. I grew up going to the local racetrack. My parents' first date was at the track. Um, and uh, they started taking me when I was five. And so I think that was 1973. And um, it got to what year would it have been, either 93 or 94, I can't remember which, and I had started writing for the local paper, and I was doing local radio about racing, and um, I went to the track for their open practice, and the one thing that I'd always wanted to do that I had never been asked to do or had a chance to do was to call a race as an announcer at the track. Well, they had their open practice, their spring preseason practice session. I was out there just covering it for the paper and whatever doing my media thing and all of a sudden one of the track promoters came up and asked me uh what i was doing if i was busy for the day and i said well i'm just doing my thing and and uh they said well um roy isn't here we need you know somebody to talk on the mic for the afternoon would you be interested in doing that they didn't have to ask me twice so i went up to the tower and i'm just announcing, and calling practice, and talking about the drivers, and the teams, or whatever, and just the time of my life. um, And my brother by that time, my younger brother, four years younger than me, had started taking pictures. So he was in turn one shooting pictures of the cars. Um, And so um, when we, when I got back home after it was all over, we were sitting on our porch, and my mom told me that her and my dad had come out to watch some of the practice. And she said, you know, she said, it was the coolest thing for us to see your brother shooting photos in, in, the, in the corner. And then we started hearing the voice, and we thought, well, it sounds like Tom. And so, you know, she said, it was the coolest thing for us. Never would we imagined, have imagined that all those years that we took you two to the races as kids, that it would end up being something like that where you're both working in the sport. So, um, you know, that memory has always stuck with me of that conversation and the two of them being kind of proud of both of us and kind of amazed by what it had all turned into us, uh, loving racing, into working in the
0: sport. How would you know that you could announce? Did you – When you were younger watching racing, did you listen to the commentating and kind of practice it yourself? Did you just hear it in your head? Like, how did you know that you could do this? Because stepping behind the mic and commentating is not necessarily an easy thing to do. Well,
1: I'll go back to my mother again. She always likes <laughs> to tell people when she meets them, when I introduce her to them. She likes to tell the story of how um, I didn't start talking until I was two and a half, and I haven't shut up since. Now, of course, when I introduce her to someone, I tell that story. So, you know, it takes away her thunder. But yep. she. Um, <laughs> I when seriously though when I was five and six years old, I would go to the track. But like I had matchbox cars galore, Um, and I would we had three rooms in the downstairs of our house, and all three had carpet, and so they were all different racetracks. And I would keep points, and I would announce my races. Now, thinking back on it, I didn't ever anticipate it like i wasn't thinking oh gosh if i get good at this i could be an announcer it just sort of happened and it kind of comes back to god's plan again you know i feel like in a way maybe this was part of the, the the plan and i was never one that really wanted to race the cars although i did a little bit of it when i got older but I was never going to be you know, a winning race car driver necessarily But because it, it, I didn't have the time or the money to put into that. I raced go-karts and had a good time with it and had you know, a little bit of success. But so it was always, I was like talking about it. And then when it came time to apply for the writing job at the paper that they had as a classified, mom pushed me into that too. I had no writing experience really, but she thought I'd be perfect because I knew so much about the races. And then I ended up getting the job and, and kind of panicked. It was like, Oh no, what do I do now? So the announcing thing just kind of came normally to me and as did the radio thing. And that kind of all ties into the stuff that, uh, that I'm doing now. And I've been doing for the last 35 years.
0: So my, my childhood dream, I had two dreams, talk radio, because I loved listening to, I loved Imus as a kid, and you <laughs> know the local, I'm the so local cool. radio guys, which oh, yeah. I didn't really. We had Rick and Brad in Oklahoma City growing up. I loved them, yeah. and um, and a Howard, of course, and Opie and Anthony, which was a more of a fan of, in the shock jock realm. This yeah. um, is before I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like right. I like to listen to things that offended me, but I was always a fan of talk radio. My second thing. I wanted to be a QVC HSN host, so we share wow. something in common about radio because I just was always fascinated. Well, I'll give I'll let you picture this because you're a radio host; so it'll be easy for you to picture yeah. this. I'm in the backseat of my car, my dad's car. We're driving, you know, wherever, and we're listening to KOMA, which is the oldie station in Oklahoma, yeah. which you could hear in California at night. Crazy thing. Um, but he would tell me stories. He toured with Ike and Tina and Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, they had a band with a couple of top 10 hits. And anyway, he would always tell me stories of these bands. Well, then I would hear the radio jock do the interviews of these the band members or politicians or whoever. And I was fascinated with just to the, and I didn't really understand it at the time, but the questions. I always found the questions more interesting than the answers. And uh, so I became obsessed with talk show host and talk radio and comedians and so forth. So I, 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 I admire the fact that you've done that because ultimately it is my dream job for you. What was it like when you got into radio the, at first? Like what was the what was the environment of radio when you got in it?
1: Um, well, it was early 90s. And so we we hadn't trend at least we were a smaller hometown kind of station so we yeah. hadn't transitioned over to all the new technologies so we still had the old you you may remember if you've been in I don't know if you have but uh, they used to have we used to put commercials on carts they look like eight tracks we just plug them in and play them and and then you had reel to reel tape that we were still working with and um, it was
0: have, no. It was, um,
1: it was, I think it was far more fun back then, honestly, the technology has made it less personal, in my opinion, but um, our station was a hometown station just outside of the big city market that we were close to, which is Syracuse, New York, but um, we had a huge, very high antenna, so we, where we were positioned, which is right on the lake, Lake Ontario, we could reach Canada, um, parts of Canada at times, so... Um, we had a bigger audience than you would probably expect. And so our station carried the motor racing network. Um, and so we, we were carrying the NASCAR races and shows. And so when I, when I first, my introduction to radio, this is a funny story too. Uh, a guy named Eddie Fat had a show called Monday Night Dance Track. Think Paula Abdul, okay? Three hour show on a Monday night on our station. In the middle of that show, He would do 40 minutes or 20 minutes of an Oswego Speedway Weekend Wrap-Up. So he would talk about the racing at the track in the middle of this dance show. It's kind of like a square peg in a round hole, but he loved the racing. So (laughs) he made a fatal mistake one night and asked me to join him. And what (laughs) what happened at that point was 20 became 25 minutes, then 30 minutes, then 35, you know, it would get. And so finally... As I like to tell people, and I've said it to him, and he laughs that Eddie fired me in the nicest sort of way because what he said was, Man, he said, You are so good at this. You know so much about racing. You bring so much passion and so much energy to this. He goes, But I can't take any more away from the dance show. He's like, You need to get your own show. And so. <laughs> So he's so I went to the station owner, and that's how it got started. He agreed to do it, and we we positioned it right after the NASCAR Live talk show on Tuesday nights, thinking sure. we would keep hold that audience. And we did it for an hour the first year. Then we sold the second hour out, and we were basically almost sold out of the third hour when when they uh, we did it for about four years, and they sold the station to a group out of Syracuse that just wanted to use the signal as a repeater, but that. The environment in radio at that time was still very much sort of old school and very personal, and you didn't have all these pre-programmed shows where it sounds like it's live, but the DJ six dates away recorded it, put it up. You know, um, it's it's just radios changed so much, and honestly, not for the better, in my opinion. I I, I miss a personal morning show. I miss the local you know, talking about local people, you know, I think it's a shame that we've gotten so much corporate with
0: it. Did syndication, do you think syndication forced that to happen? Uh, Where folks were getting covered in multiple markets instead of it just being local and isolated, where basically the big money came in?
1: I think technology forced it, actually. I think it made it easy for somebody in Texas to pre-program a a morning show for somewhere in Tennessee And then, you know, that way you don't have to have as as many people, you know, jocks on your staff. You don't have to have the morning guy. You don't have Uh, to have. I'm fortunate in that we're tied in now with a radio group, another small town radio group from just outside of Charlotte here, where the morning show is a swap shop. It's a swap meet. It's a three hour swap meet in the morning. And the, the, the host of that show, Pat Shannon is a rock star in this area and you wouldn't believe the stuff people buy and sell on that show, but that's what makes it fun because you never know what you're going to hear. And he is so good at connecting to the listeners. He has repeat callers, you know, he knows who knows the listeners. When they call, it's really old school. And so to me, it's way more entertaining than the morning show on the big country station because I may like the music, but I know the DJ isn't here you know, you can just tell, you don't get any local aspect to it at all. So I, you know, for me, even with what we're trying to do with our new brand that we're launching, it's all about stories and the personal side of motorsports and the aspect of it that makes it so unique. The lifestyle is really what we're trying to, um, you know, we want to use that to make an impact because, Again, we've you know, everybody sees NASCAR, but nobody's aware of how the local tracks work and how you know, and so I'm really all about the history and telling the stories of the, the the people that that made the sport what it is today. And I and that's what I think is resonating with our audience and always has, is that we're we're not just about results. We're we're very people oriented with our brand.
0: Yeah, and I, I've gotten this impression about you, people really matter to you and it's it's not this is i typically do not talk to guests at all before i interview them ever but i this this kind of worked out differently because we've been talking for other reasons and you're getting ready to launch something that's truly extraordinary and truly special i think i i am i'm geeked out by it Uh, (laughs) and, and jessica is too um and i believe actually everyone else that knows about it is pretty excited about it too because Well, one, it's incredible, but it's also just so intertwining and interweaving and the people that it's helping and elevating go back to your point where it's about people and relationships. It's, it's kind of, it's really going back to an old school way of doing things, utilizing the new way of doing things and combining both. And I think everyone wins. So if you will, even though I've heard this a few times and I feel like I could repeat it word for word for the audience. Tell people what you're doing. I mean, there's people listening. There's race fans here. There's people that don't even know what racing is, but tell people what it is that you are creating.
1: So we have, um, well, let me tell you what my background is, and that'll kind of lead into helping you understand why we're doing what we're doing now as opposed to earlier or later. So I've been 35 years in the sport, not only on the media side of things, working on, you know, writing for newspapers and, you know, magazines, whatever, and radio and and some TV, but also announcing and spotting and and promoting races and tracks and series and, and a lot of other things that I've been blessed to do. And one of the things that that we currently do is we have a group of uh, younger racers that are trying to climb the ladder, and 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 get to the point where they can race for a living, whether it's in NASCAR or on the dirt or on the road courses in sports cars. We have a, a few of each, which is kind of a nice mix. And we have we have two. I, I say we have two from the UK, but one of them literally yesterday moved here to the U S. So now we only have one in the UK, but, um, and then we have a few from here as well. And for those drivers, the goal is to get them from where they are now to where they want to be. And it's very much sort of a strategy type of a, a coaching application because you've got to not only build the brand, but you also have to design for them a path because it's not like football. You don't go from high school to college or baseball from single A to double A to triple A. Racing is kind of not a clearly defined path. So um, we, we enjoy what we do with the drivers. Um, we've got about half a dozen right now that we're, we're managing and, and promoting. The other half of this is our media. And currently we do four shows, two of which are radio first and two of which are podcast only they're all audio at the moment we're going to be going back to video with them pretty soon but we um we do these shows most of them are regional in nature so we're very niche um we try to cover aspects of the sport that don't have a lot of other media or you know aspects that we just find really exciting that maybe others aren't so familiar with and um, then we have the the syndicated show that we do that's on over forty different platforms right now. We average over a million listeners a week with that show. We're on satellite, we're on broadcast, and we're on digital. And that show is our big sort of NASCAR, IndyCar, F one you know talk about the big stuff kind of show. But even with that, we'll we'll talk about stories that nobody else really has has covered. And I'll give you an example of a story that has created another story that that came out of one of my niche shows. Um, We have a show called Inside Groove. It was my original show name from years ago. I brought it back to cover the the type of racing, the the division that races at the local track. It's called a modified, open cockpit, open wheel. Um, Sometimes they run a top wing, sometimes they don't.
0: But wait, 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 what's the top wing is the
1: airfoil that goes up and down uh, above the roll cage that holds. You've seen cars with wings like Sprint cars. Yeah, yeah, Um, Okay. 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 so um, at Oswego, they don't run a top wing Um, when they go on tour with the International Super Modified Association in the region. They do. It's just two different, uh, two different types. It's the same type of car. Basically, it's just two different ways of racing. So, right. um, I decided to bring the inside Groove name back for a podcast that would cover super because nobody else really was on a weekly basis. And I wanted to talk to all the drivers who were heroes of mine and were racing at the track in the seventies. I wanted to tell their stories because we were starting to lose some of them and I wanted to. I wanted them to be able to put their stories out there so that you know future generations could, could, could know about them and understand the history of supermodified racing and that era. And here's an example of a driver. I'm going to hold this up and hopefully everybody can read it. Um, this is a book called "All in Memories of a Steel Palace Racer." That's what they call the Speedway because the walls are steel. This is Kempton Dates. Oh, Kempton Dates.
0: Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm I'm yes. learning a lot as you talk. By the way. Yes.
1: Okay. This is Kempton Dates. He's 80 years old now. Kempton was the 1977 Oswego Speedway track champion. So, Kempton, when I when his niece talked to me about Kempton doing a show, one of the Inside Groove shows. I said, sure, I'd love to talk to Kempton. That'd be great. Well, Kempton wasn't sure he wanted to do it. He was a little nervous about it. He couldn't understand why anyone would still care about him. It was He raced back in the 70s. I'm a washed-up racer. Nobody would care about me. Well, then he heard an interview I'd done with another driver that was his best friend, Warren Conium from Canada that raced there. So, okay, I can do that. If that's how he does the interview, That okay, I guess I'll do it. So we did it. Did an hour. It was a great show. Had a blast with Kempton. He's a born-again Christian now. Just a a really amazing man. And it was great. Got to go out to his house, spend some time with him and and the family, and just had a great time. Well, um, a short time after that, someone found a car, a chassis, that Kempton had built back in the day. And the... They ended up, through a series of conversations, getting it back to the Dates family. Well, they bring it over to Kempton, and Kempton takes a look at this car. And it turns out that that is the chassis, the frame, of the car he won the championship with in 1977. Wow. So this this becomes the catalyst for a complete restore of that car. And literally, I'm not kidding you when I say there was probably close to 100 different individuals or maybe more involved in various processes of this restoration who, you know, somebody had a rear end, somebody had this part, somebody had that part. Because supermodifieds are mostly, uh, they're not, you can't go buy them, you know, at a machine shop. They're mostly handmade, so a lot of the parts are handmade. So he wanted to restore it took to the way it was back then so you have to source down all these different parts well finally they get the car it took almost a year they got the car back together and this past august a couple months ago kempton took the they took the car to the racetrack for old timers night retro night at the speedway (laughs) and kempton at 80 years old strapped into that car same helmet that he had back in the 70s went out and took some slow laps in front of the crowd what's a slow lap
0: 100 miles an hour
1: oh no no not even close probably 50 or 60. he wasn't pushing it um no uh and so you know the crowd goes crazy they have an autograph session he's completely mobbed he's he's signing uh here's the autograph card that he signed um they made up autograph cards for him he signed those they had copies of the book they've sold over 100 copies of the book um and um I mean the and so the to see him light up he he just was totally bonkers that all this happened and you know just amazed that people still cared that much but it the the smile that it put on his face that's why we're doing what we're doing with this new brand that we're launching we want to do something that's bigger and bolder that's built around this type of content telling stories of people like Kempton and and showing people the lifestyle and the family aspect that racing is um and really just giving them opportunities to to actually get involved and to you know to get into cars or you know we're going to have a racing themed cruise you know there are different things that we're doing that we want to you know bring people together and the whole point of all of this is we want to be able to do it in a way that will make it, will allow us to make an impact, not only for younger racers but younger journalists who will come to us and get their start working with us, and then, you know, maybe go on to other bigger and better things, or maybe they'll stay with us and keep writing for us. Um, but we also want to just use it. I'd love for this thing to grow big enough to be able to have a foundation and make a difference for people who need it. You know, we we want to we're very give back minded. And the team that I have around me is very focused on building this into something that can also be a a type of, you know, very supportive of charities, not only racing oriented charities, but just, you know, charities in general. Um, But yeah, we're that's an example of the type of content that we want to bring to to people to enjoy. At a time when we're all stressed out, we're all you know the world is. Let's face it; it's a very you know it's crazy world, and 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 a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of consternation. We want to put some <laughs> smiles back on people's faces.
0: What? Let me ask you something. So, if for the audience that's watching and listening right now
1: yeah.
0: that doesn't know a lot about racing, yeah but is like, well, they're coming. So Mr. Baker, why should I watch racing? Why should I be a fan of it? Can you, can you answer that?
1: Yeah. I love that question. Actually, a lot of people, a lot of people get offended by that question as if, as if we should, I thought it was
0: an offensive question, but I just felt like to ask it. I love it.
1: People, people ask me a lot, you know, you, you get the question. It's just cars going in a circle which, I mean, there is road racing, so it's not always that, but I get what they do. (laughs) I get it, because it would be extremely boring to watch cars going in a circle unless you knew one of the drivers who was driving one of those cars. Now you want that driver to go in faster circles than the rest of the drivers. That's, the, that's what gets people, in and, and people say, well, well, we can't go meet. Yes, you can. You can go yeah. to the local track, and after the races, you can go into the pit area where the cars are, or you can buy a pit pass if you're old enough and watch the races in the pits and start to meet these guys. You're not doing that in an NFL game. You're not going into the locker room. You know, that racing is a lifestyle and it's it's a sport that connects the participants to the fans in a way nothing else does. The excitement and energy of a race is 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 incredible. I always when if there's a sponsor that I'm courting that I want to get involved with one of our drivers, I tell the driver get him to get them to the track, let them see it and feel it and experience it and hear it. The atmosphere is like nothing else. And that's, that's what makes a race enjoyable is when you have somebody to cheer for.
0: That makes sense. I, I've been to one race, and I could never understood why people would watch it on TV. But I went <laughs> to the Texas Motor Speedway, and I got to do the whole VIP experience, which was kind of a fluke, random thing. But yeah, wow, that was amazing. I became a racing fan right after because I, oh. I we ended up playing this pool with everybody that was on the bus that took us to um the race. Sure. And I got a driver. Well, I got Junior, a, like typical. <laughs> I, of course I got Junior. Damn, but I had someone for yeah. because if I would have won or he would have won the race, I would have won all kinds of money.
1: Yeah. And I'm
0: like so I I got into it. So then it became, you know, watching when they were drifting, I think they call it. Okay. I don't know, but just the way that the cars move and position and work together and fight against each other, all that stuff, it became a little bit more interesting because I started to notice, hey, this isn't just driving a car. There's some science here. <laughs> like, yes. this is this is not a dummy sport by any means. Like, this is complicated. So I kind of became a fan of it because I started to appreciate that there's a lot more that goes into it than just getting behind a car. And slamming down the gas pedal and trying to drive—it's yeah, way it's, more.
1: It is way more, and it and it's Never it's a team sport. sport. So, it's a team sport in a way that no other sport is because when the driver's out there, it's the driver. But when he gets when he makes the pit stop, it's the pit crew, you know. Yeah. And and so you it you have to experience racing, and that's why. If your first impression of it is watching it on TV, for me, it's like I've been to a lot of hockey games and I'm a hockey fan in person. I can't watch it on TV. It doesn't it doesn't get me into it. You know, drag racing is like that. You can't TV can never capture the you can stand at an NHRA drag race on the line. And when the cars fire off, it literally moves you off your spot. It it will, it will literally, the ground shake will move you off your slot. It's, it's, you can't, there are things, it's an experiential sport, but it's also the only sport, like I said, where you can become great friends with the competitors and the people involved and, and, and where the whole family, when it, when it, when a kid starts racing a quarter midget at five, a lot of times it's the father crew in the car, the mom taking lap times and getting the, the food ready for dinner, you know, Big Brother's helping on the car, doing something, whatever it is, but like everybody's involved. And so what what makes what I do fun is finding the stories like Kempton's or Gary Elliott from Canada, who's 73 years old and, and has made 859 straight race starts, and he's had the same sponsor for 47 years, Quaker State, 48 actually after this year, I think. They call him Canada's Iron Man. His goal is to race until he's 50 or till he's 76, 50 years with Quaker State. You know, uh, amazing. Like the, the guy's an amazing, and again, very Christian, very, he's just an incredible man to know. And these are stories you don't see everywhere else. We want to yeah. go, you know. So it's it's the it's it's doing something for some of those people and the behind the scenes stuff. And so we want to put the passion back into the, 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 the motor sports media kind of thing. And that's really what we're about. You're and what we want to be about. You know? So when
0: politicians talk about grassroots efforts yeah. and grassroots campaigns, essentially, that's what you're doing. And I mean, yeah, I, I really see the like, kind of what I'm seeing with this is you're going to have an option of I know it sounds crazy, because I heard you say, I'll never be as big as NASCAR. I will not have that kind of – but you can become a threat. And when you become a threat, guess what? Someone tries to buy you out. And then you don't <laughs> have to sell. But that's – like what you're doing – because from what I understand about the racing business and as a whole, like attendance is down at races. Of course, attendance is down everywhere. Um, that the, the The racing business is changing a lot. And, and it's not, I mean, all, a lot of the major sports are, I mean, are yeah. changing. It's, yeah.
1: The sure. world's changing. The Everything's world's changing.
0: changing. But, Technology is changing. But what's old will become new again because nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. And so there, we're coming to a time again. It's kind of like us uh, believers. I don't like to call myself a Christian, but I love Jesus with all my heart. Like we're going to have to go underground soon. <laughs> like so it's gonna be like the underground Railroad, and i think it i mean but i think that business and the way that things are going like there's gonna be a strong desire for these grassroots community based organizations again especially after we all get tired i mean i think frankly we're kind of sick and tired of the way corporations have taken over the world so when the reset happens whenever that is I think there's going to be a really, really great opportunity for companies like yours and what you're building to not only start off grounds roots to get the grassroots campaign going, but for you to build rather quickly because of the technology that's available now. And you already have, my goodness, I mean, you've got 30 years in the business, so you've got a name, you have a reputation. You do amazing interviews. You've got a, you're really interesting to listen to. I mean, I've been on like multiple calls now with you and and now this interview you're just fascinating <laughs> to listen to and the fact that your heart is genuine for wanting those good stories well that makes great content it's, people love real stories and honestly I would be more drawn to hearing the younger racers' stories and then the old school guys that are retired yeah yep. I think you've got something super special there um and just revitalizing. I mean, think about when KISS got back together and put on the makeup. <laughs> it's kind of like for some of these racers and some of these different industries that have been had been phased out or maybe ushered out, I think there's such a desperate need for something wholesome and true and real, something that reminds us of that, that you're going to see guys like this and in in the rookies that you're working with or the younger guys that you're working with, they're going to have a real shot. And that's exciting to me. I love what you're
1: doing. Gosh, I hope all that's true. Thank you for saying all that. We, yeah, I think we're programmed. Like I said, we're programmed to stories. We're all programmed to stories. We're not programmed for statistics or for spreadsheets or whatever. We're naturally (laughs) not, right. (laughs) But we all love stories about people, amazing stories. And it, I can't even watch the news anymore because I know what I'm going to hear, and yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. I don't want to know about all that. But I want to know about you know the 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 person who went into the burning house to save his grandmother or whatever. I mean that's that's what we need. Can we that our whole mission is that when you come to Steering Wheel Nation as a site that. You're gonna be entertained. You're gonna you're gonna hear and see and read about cool people, and you know, and and just be able to come and chill out for a little while and have a good time. And we're, we're gonna have our VIP Club Champions Club, where we're gonna offer some amazing experiences and 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 opportunities to be part of exclusive events and things like that. Um, we just we just want to have fun. We want to be a fun, um, entertaining. You know just it when i started this brand the image that i had in my head was cheers you know we want to be the neighborhood bar grill you know Um, i really like that i mean that's really you know look just just sit down hang out a while you know um we're not trying to be nascar we're not trying to be um we're trying to be us we're trying to be a, a brand that that has fun and 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 at the end of all of it, we can have an impact on, you know, the community or the world or whatever, and and just just you know be be exciting and entertaining. That's what we're trying to do, you know. And there's tons of those stories out there. We just have to find them, and that's really what we're you know we're we're trying to do as brands. Just go around and find those stories and tell them and have a good time doing it
0: i would love to see this and this is just a personal thing i'm not making any other statement but i would really love to see racing become more multicultural um it is. In, in, on all of the circuits i mean even, whether, even if it's local it there, is it, multiple do, do what now it is slowly why is nascar oh, there's one black driver right no I, mean, I know it's nascar no
1: is there more now well again this you 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 see on sunday bubba wallace but you yeah. don't you don't get to see that below him you know we got roger caruth coming up into the xfinity series we got lavar scott racing in the the regional late model series going to the arca series next year i think um you know that nascar has the drive for diversity program and it's starting to take hold you got jesse Awuji who's run some races who is uh uh, uh, a service uh, serviceman yeah. as well, and has done some announcing. You, you, there's, there are a lot of, uh, and I won't just, you know, talk about blacks, but there are a lot of different races on pit crews and in different parts of the sport that the, you know, the TV audience doesn't always get to see. It's more than you think. Um, the, the thing that I always say about that, and I say it even talking to the diversity drivers it's not it is is this i love that we're we're seeing more of that what's tough is if you think about it from the aspect of a driver who's coming into the diversity program are they there because they're talented or are they there because right yeah i hate that so, other yeah. So so now I'm not in because I actually think that the group they have now is the most exciting. They've got a couple of young lady drivers, too, that are amazing, amazingly talented, I think. Um. But the but what I'm saying is I like to see it happen because somebody figured out how to make it exciting to that group of people rather than just because we felt we had to force it. I don't think any of that should ever be forced. I think it should right. be led. And, and I think it should be. And what's what's cool about seeing Bubba Wallace get a win a couple of weeks ago and seeing Roger Carruth get his shot at Xfinity and say, is every time one does well, then it's incentive for, oh, wow, we can actually do this. Um, I wish I had known you were going to talk about this because there's a school near Philadelphia that That is is it's an independent school. It's not connected with NASCAR or anything, but they 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 kind of teach racing as, you know, a way to elevate young people in those communities. And they do some amazing stuff. We're going to we're going to profile them, I think, sometime later this year and, and and let everybody hear about them. It's you know, there are there is a movement for that. And it's starting to happen organically and not just as a forced thing and i think that's great and all of the kids that are in the diversity program are classy young people they're not just there because right they're talented and they're really good people and that's what makes the difference
0: you know and i and listen i don't like anything forced either i just for me having I've, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of inner city youth and just yeah. be around different communities and whenever i hear that's a black person's sport that's a white person's sport that's a mexican yeah. it just drives me crazy because it's yeah, like i've never viewed it that way and it's more of a personal selfish thing that i just kind of want to see everybody get a fair shot and i want to see everybody kind of yep. have the opportunity not forced inclusion but like hey you're welcome if you want to be a part of this and you nice. want to do the work and you want to you want to compete you're welcome like come yeah. on cuz it makes it more interesting life is more interesting when there's a lot of color and different languages and everything oh, else around right? i, I yep. i'm that's more of a personal thing not to tell other businesses what to do you got to do it's your business run it the way you want yep it's none of my business i just for me like I want to see because racing's cool. I think it's yeah. awesome, and it's really interesting. And I just I, I I I love what you're doing. And then I keep thinking about how, for the youth, there's a lot of youth out there that don't have mentors. And you were talking about this earlier. You're talking about how there's a if there's a community around the racing. There's there there's people there. It's almost like it's a. It's almost like it's the state fair or what something, but there's yeah. the communities there, they're a part of it. But if and then the drivers are accessible, so if I'm a kid and all I'm seeing around me is my dad beating the crap out of my mom, or gunshots yeah. come, bullets flying through my window, or drugs on the corner, yeah, I'm seeing all this and I'm like, well, who do I look up to? But then I see come this back. cool car driving super fast yeah a lot of fun then i get to meet the driver and the driver treats me like i'm a human being and exactly. now all of a sudden i've got someone i can look up to yep that that like maybe i can follow their path and i can escape this hellhole that i'm in like anything that gives the youth an not op- that i'm all for it and it i is. think that you're set up beautifully to do that and well, which it's that's that's kind of what you all created and i think it's amazing
1: racing is a sport that lends itself to that it really does i mean yeah it takes money to do it but there's more and more opportunities now for drivers to come in and and here's the other thing is the technology um of sim racing the i-racing platform is another way now that's legitimately training uh people young people they 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 race on the sim in mm-hmm. leagues and get good at the leagues, and then there there now is a NASCAR e uh, e NASCAR series that takes these kids and they have a draft, and each NASCAR team has an, a a sim racing team. So cool. Yeah, so they they've now and and we've seen a couple of those guys, William Byron, who races in the uh, Cup series, Sprint Cup series now. Um, William Byron came out of this the the sim. He raced sim when he was younger, got into a legends car, won 34 times his wow. first year. Yeah. And has climbed the ranks and is all it is in NASCAR's Cup Series now. And his his first racing introduction was was the sim and he went from sim to seat that it's different. There are great Mm -hmm. sim racers who don't translate well to the seat and there are great seat racers who don't race on the sim well, but it's close enough to give you the mental training that you need to understand how to run the lines of a racetrack or whatever, where to brake, where to get on the gas. And so you can adapt once you get in the seat, your (laughs) mind remembers what it did on the sim for that track Mm -hmm. and it's pretty close. So there are more ways now for more people to get involved in the sport, even as drivers than there were, you know, 20 years ago. So it's pretty cool.
0: Let's get back to business really quick. Cause we're, yes, I know sir. we're running out of time. I, I, I didn't ask you, I didn't I only, I only told you one question I was going to ask you. And that was the first, Okay. One. Uh, you don't have to answer this, but I feel led to ask. Okay. You asked not, what is it? You have not. Cause you asked not um, how much if to do everything that you're wanting to do for the drivers, the media, uh, the racing, all of it combined? Because it's one big giant organization that you are created. And to put all the missing pieces that you have in place, how much money do you need Oh gosh. to make it all happen? Um,
1: well, the driver budget for next year, if we did with them everything we wanted to, would be somewhere between four and a half and $5 million for the drivers. And, you know, and so somewhere, somewhere in the, in the, in the five to 6 million range for all of it, and of course, then there are different levels you can get involved at or whatever, but it's, um, really, it's, the the driver's part of this is, is a big key, but also the fact that we want to get to a point where we can generate enough revenue to also be able to get back, and that's really what we're, where we've we're working with our drivers to, you know, what causes are they wanting to sort of est- establish and promote for themselves, um, you know, that are close to their heart. We got one driver's brother's autistic, for example, um, you know. So there's a natural, um, sure. you know. And so we want to we want to be a brand that's fun and entertaining and and really exciting, but we also want to be a brand that's community minded and and gives back as well and help to helps to to create opportunities for people and so you know that's really where we're at uh you know it's it's we're a startup we're we're uh, finishing up our website now uh the social medias we've we've kind of we've turned them on but we haven't been pouring a lot of content just yet we're going to start doing that over the next few weeks but yeah we've we uh we've got some opportunities here to expand our lineup of shows even and uh so, you know, looking forward to, to going forward here as a brand, and we're going to have some fun with this.
0: Yeah, an audience, um, in, I know there's some social media experts that watch and managers, you guys hit me up, I have an opportunity for you, um, <clears throat> potentially, that I would actually like to talk to you about it, just reminded me, sorry to interrupt our broadcast to make that announcement, but you guys, <laughs> private message me. Um man i'm listen as i said i'm a huge fan of what you're doing and i would like to have you on again i can talk to you for hours actually i have (laughs) hours and we keep talking for hours and i love it because i love what you're about i love your heart and you i I mean some of our conversations have been a little bit abrupt with you but i'm that's how that's how that's me um that said your heart and i'm i'm saying this to the i actually want to say this to the audience to him what I've been blown away by is his heart. I I I love what he's doing. It's not it's not bullcrap. It's all genuine. His heart for this is not some business opportunity. I love the fact that he's not talking about. Well, anyway, I don't need to go into all of that. <laughs> but there's a lot of you out there that are looking for places to park some put some of your money in, like good soil, a good investment, a good thing to be a part of. You're looking to to maybe get out of the Bitcoin because it's going to crash soon when everyone finds out who owns it. I don't know. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of places that you're looking to put your money. I, I know that um, some of you all that watch the show have invested and sewn into other organizations that I've recommended. I'm recommending this organization um, 100% because the dude's for real. And when you hear the whole vision, he didn't go into all of it. There's a lot there, um, but it's awesome and I'm really excited about it. Like I, I keep telling him like anything I can do to help let me know because I think it's super cool. And and here's the thing, that's super awesome about what he's doing. You can take any niche industry and take this model that he's creating and replicate it. So this has got legs upon legs upon legs. Like this is a really cool thing he's doing. So. If you're out there and you are interested in what he's doing and you want to know more, you want to connect um, to our friend here, then please, you can private message me or sir, would you like to tell people how they can find you?
1: Yeah, um, you can go to, if you want to just go and like or follow whatever the social media calls for, um, Steering Wheel Nation is going to be the brand. Um, It's at the wheel nation on facebook twitter and instagram the wheel nation um we tried to do steering wheel nation but uh the twitter character name limit bit us so uh <laughs> at the wheel nation um and uh you can you can send me a message through e- any of those uh or you know of course uh private message joshua um but uh yeah i mean it's just uh we're we're really excited about what we're able to do here and thankful that, that God has kind of led all of us in our group to the place where we're at to be able to do this. This is kind of, for me, it's taking all of the the, the knowledge I've learned for 35 years and being able to marry it with the current technology, a lot of which I don't understand. That's why I have other people. But... Um, you know, we again, we just we love telling good stories and fun stories and, and helping people to grow and succeed. That's really what we're about. We just use the excitement and energy and passion of motorsports and fast cars to do it. And uh, you know, that's uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you, Joshua, and would you know would be humbled to be on anytime.
0: Yeah, you're. I'm a fan of you um, and what you're doing, and I, and again, I love your heart and super gracious that you're that you came on today. Um, if there's a driver out there or somebody that's interested in getting into driving, um, or and wants you to represent them or wants to be a part of this organization, can they reach out to the same contact information?
1: Yeah, you can just uh, go to, again at the Wheel Nation. Um, not necessarily the right fit for someone who's never driven, but if
0: you're if you're <laughs> I had to is, ask because you know I may well, I may want to go into NASCAR now, <laughs> so I don't know. Well,
1: I can tell you, I can point you in directions <laughs> to get started. But you're, you know, we, um, we, the, you know, there are definitely ways, and and I, I will say again, um, my my answer has changed. It's kind of getting get a get an i-racing set up and start on the sim is what I recommend. Or if you've got a car that that's kind of a sports car, you can take it to some of the road courses around the country and do track days and and kind of polish your skills and get driving instructor, instructors, uh, there to help you. And I get you know, we can certainly point you in that direction, but, um, but yeah, we, we just, uh, we have a great time with what we do and have a great group of people, you know, again, it's, this is for us. Uh, our mission is helping people grow and succeed through what we do. Um, we love hearing great stories from any industry, honestly. Uh, You know, and we know that there are a lot of those out there. And like I said before, I I love, I appreciate the opportunity to come on a show like yours because your show brings those stories out and we need more content that tells us what's cool and what's good and what's fun going on. And, you know, much less of the content we seem to be seeing in our news feeds these days, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Um, And yeah, and by the way, I won't be uh, signing up for racing. I'm not even a good driver in a regular car. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, me in a race car, not not the best idea. Mr. Baker, God bless you, man. I, I appreciate you Thank being you. here. Um, we're gonna publish you, this out. I'll send it to you when we're done uh, with the the publishing that we do. I'll send you the media kit. And those of you who want to get in touch with Tom that lost all of his information that he just shouted out, you can head over to livemonoworldwide.org. You'll be able to see the media kit there. And have access to all that Tom's doing, and uh, Mr. Baker is just again. I thank you, man. I appreciate you, and uh, look forward to talking to you again, sir.
1: Well, thank you for again for having me on. Praise God for the opportunity, and uh, look forward to being on again anytime.
0: Yes, sir. See you soon, man. Take care. Bye, bye. Tom Baker, everybody. I. I could talk to him for hours. Absolutely incredible. Um, I don't like saying somebody's an incredible human being so much, but genuinely, I'm just re- just a good guy. And I've been kind of a jerk twice, so like, and because you know I can be like that sometimes, and not intentional. Um, I get too fired up. That said, he's the real deal, and I appreciate what he's doing. And I honestly, I hope what he's doing either he takes that and then spawns it off into other areas. But when the world sees what he's doing, like the whole thing, you're going to go, well, why couldn't I do that? He's doing it. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. No music today. We'll be back next week. And uh, we have some new changes coming up, which I'm really excited about. I hope you will enjoy. God bless you guys. Have an amazing, whatever day you're watching this, have it be amazing. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. God bless you. Peace out.